Hello, everybody. You are listening to You, Me, Them, Everybody. And I'm with the gentleman uh, who ends all of our shows, Daniel Knox. Say hello, Daniel. Hello. Thank you. Uh, I've known Daniel for... Uh, how old am I? I'm, uh, I've known you for almost eight years now. Has it been? It's been almost eight years, and that's, uh, that's quite a long time to me. When I met you, we were working at a job, which we didn't get paid a lot, but we were surrounded by film. And I remember you telling me that you came to Chicago from Springfield to go to Columbia to make films. Yes. But you, I'd say, relatively quickly fell off that trajectory and decided to pursue music. Uh, it wasn't so quickly. I mean, before, let's see, I moved here in 99 when I was still 18 and uh, just kind of um, slowly started realizing that you have to know people and work with people to make a movie and mm -hmm. I was kind of used to doing it with myself and my friends we'd write the script for the scene like you know Tuesday and then we'd talk about it Wednesday we'd shoot it Thursday and I'd try to like find a song to put on it or mm -hmm. whatever else on Thursday and this is when this is in Springfield this is in Springfield when I was a teenager okay and uh you know I come to Columbia College and realize that uh you gotta borrow money. You gotta work with people. You mm -hmm. gotta go through four years of bullshit. <laughs> but the funny thing was that when I met David Lynch years later, it you know he's he is you know like fifty some years old. Yeah. Now he's finally making a movie on his video camera with his friends, yep. shooting it in his backyard, however the hell he wants. So it kind of makes me feel like I, I really just should have not listened to anybody and just done what well, I want. Why did you want to make films? Uh I don't. I don't even know. It's been so long since I, you know, had that that desire, or at least it's been so long since I've I've been able to logically like think about doing that. But uh, when I was a kid, uh, we we just my buddy Damon and his brothers had a video camera, and we'd get together on the weekend and have overnights, and we'd his brother his brother Ben would uh, go out drinking with his girlfriend, and our project every weekend was to shoot a movie in sequence on their little VHSC camcorder. That's cool. And uh, shoot something that would get elicit a reaction from him. And it wasn't always making him laugh. Sometimes it was just trying to see how, you know, wh what kind of shocking... Re Sometimes we just make a real serious movie. Yeah. Like a really serious, dramatic movie with, like, 12-year-olds as the cast, you know? Okay. And then he would come home, like, kind of buzzed and with his girlfriend and just have a good laugh at it. But we always... Before each of the movies, we always put H.P. Johnson Presents to give it a kind of more dignified tone so okay. i sort of adopted that yeah your uh, your last release was hp uh, johnson presents disaster right hp uh, johnson presents daniel knox semicolon semicolon disaster who is hp johnson or should we leave that in the <clears throat> mystery uh it's nobody it's just a why uh, that name you know i don't even think i'm the person that came up with it really i don't know i don't remember it was just like i think it was a communal thing we just uh it sounds good. I, it, it, you know, I, I did a Google search on it just to see if I could copyright it, and I think it may be the name of a certain brand of spark plug. Really? Yeah, or, or some, something, something that has to do with cars or boats. But I don't know. Um, I couldn't tell you the exact origin of it. I just like that it sounds official, and the reason I use it now, because not that I need to sound official, but that I, it kind of makes me... Uh, for me, it's a reminder of like the, that original... like creative impulse and the need, yeah. the need to do something, the need to have a project and, and, and I think, you know, 
that's why I, I we'll talk about the it. need to have a project have you always felt this way what is the need to have a project I've always I've always needed to have something at least several and something something going and something like a list of things in fact in my planner which I don't know where it is but I've got a list of all the stuff I've got coming up and it's like you know you have a list of your ideas that are things that you think might be a good idea but then you have your like treasure list of things that you know you're going to do okay and like you might change that those ideas might change but it's good to have that list in front like in front of you knowing that like when you're done with this thing this is what's coming like this is what you want to work on what is it consist of could you talk about it right now yeah uh you don't have to i know i'm trying to think what's on it i because I, I i got a planner several years ago and it's been the best thing that's been really helpful and i write down every day on the left side list of shit that I'm going to do that day uh, you know whether it's going to the store or mailing out CDs to somebody or whatever I, I need to do and then on the right side I have my list of stuff I have to do creatively in the immediate on okay. top like edit baselines on the Pro Tools or uh, you know doing mixing or whatever and then at the bottom of that I have a list in bold type or bold print and that begins with the first three things that I've finished that I think are significant. That, and that, that, is? that is Poison Tree, Window Music, and Disaster. And then <clears throat> the next one on there is the one I'm working on, Every Man for Himself. And then the third one is Chase Scene. And oh, this that's, is part of a trilogy. That's part of the trilogy, okay. yeah. And then after that, I think it says... Uh, okay, it says... Uh, <laughs> EP, live album... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the uh, album about me and my brother building a boat. H.B. Uh, Johnson presents Daniel Knox, self-titled. Got it. Sort of thing. Um, and then uh, I'm writing songs for uh, Chris Hefner's movie, The Pink Hotel, which he's working on. Cool. And that's maybe going to be an album if I can get. So you've got like ten albums planned, and you have three done. <laughs> uh. Well, yeah, but I've got the songs written for most of them. Really? That's my problem. That you have too many songs. That's not a problem. Well, that's not the problem. The problem is, is, I don't think it's a problem to have too many songs, and that's stupid to say that. Yeah. I wouldn't, that's not what I mean. So what's the problem? The problem is that I've got too many songs to record until I can sit down and write more. That's what I really want to be doing. If I, if I, could, if, if, if I could get to a point where recording didn't cost me as much as it did, you know, I I would just. But you just knock said you're using out. Pro Tools. I am using Pro Tools. So how is this costing you a lot of money? Because uh, you got to pay musicians and you got to pay a guy to mix it, and you don't have to. But I kind of like doing that now because I've learned quite a bit. Uh, okay, but now that you've learned some of that, can't you just do that? No, because I've learned how to have him do it. I've learned how to tell him what I like and what I don't like, but I haven't learned how to. You can't just sit you know, over his shoulder. It's a subtle, it's a subtle thing that that's kind of, uh, you know, I, I I I couldn't do it myself. But you write alone. You don't collaborate with pretty much anyone. No. If somebody tells me uh, uh, write a song about this because I need it for this, I can do that. That's yeah. about the extent of my collaborative. But yeah, but uh, once obviously, like you're writing all the music, you're writing all the lyrics yourself. Right. You're pounding it out yourself. Right. No one's forcing you to do anything really well Paul and Jason come up with some some parts for stuff I mean yeah. when we do it live like it's kind of we kind of reshape it and Paul and Jason for those that don't know are the drummer and the bassist yeah uh, Paul when Parts, you guys when you play from uh, Ears Eyes Jason Toth Ears Eyes Nose correct 
Isier's nose. Isier's nose, sorry. Yeah. I mix them up all the and time. And Jason Toth is from uh, the Zinks and the Handsome Family. Yes. And uh, how is it going from... Uh, how is it going from playing live? Because originally you didn't start playing live. We, I'd like to... I know why you started playing. And uh, it's different than most people. Like, you didn't try to form a band. Uh, you want to talk about the hotel? What hotel? The hotel story. Uh, it's not really a story. Or it's the origin. I well, when I was in, I lived in the dorms for Columbia for almost a year, uh, maybe a little over a year at Plymouth Court, and that was just. Uh, am, I, am I close enough here? You're fine. I'll edit it all. Okay. I <laughs> I lived at the the dorms at uh, for Columbia College at Plymouth Court. Okay. And that was a block or so away from uh, the Hilton Towers on Michigan Avenue. Yep. And uh, I would, I used to just have a habit of walking into different buildings just to see what doors were open, what was on the inside. I was interested in, you know, how far you could go into a building without somebody asking you what you were doing there. And I found my way to the Hilton Towers Ballroom where they have these big ornate chandeliers and, uh, you know, this is a really beautiful, like, historic-looking room. And... uh, Several of them, actually, and each of them had a, a baby grand piano. So I would go there and just kind of use my two fingers to pick out melodies, and, and that's how I started. And then it would become, like, you know, my f- four fingers, and I would play, like, little two, two-fingered two chords and yeah. uh, come up with stuff. And then I'd come back and um, try to remember what I played the day before and make little things up. And I didn't even give them titles at the time. It was just sort of like, you know. Totally something to do and then I started how about a four track uh, and started kind of just recording stuff on a cheap keyboard at home but that was all still two fingered melody stuff and really kind of dreadful to listen to but um, it was around the time that my girlfriend at the time had stolen my four track that I had to learn to kind of get to know the instrument yeah Uh, otherwise it was just going to sound you know goofy and uh, so I spent a lot of time there and at the library and other places just, you know, um, learning how to play the piano and, and eventually, you know, somebody came by and gave me a tip and things like that would happen and I would feel encouraged and, you know, when you're playing, even when you're playing like two, three fingered melodies in a, if you're playing them in a hotel ballroom, it sounds like it, it, it feels more dignified and you take yourself a little more seriously when yes. probably people should have been telling me, you know, that I sound terrible and that. I'm really bad at it, but I think it's that kind of like confidence of of uh, not, you know, not knowing, not having anything to compare it to. Yeah, that made it that made it feel like I was really doing something and take it seriously. Why did you keep going back to the to the Hilton? To the Hilton. Why did you? Wh- because I was failing film school. Because I was unable to, uh, and I mean, part of it was like being you know, nineteen twenty and being arrogant or yeah. I was probably 19 at the time, uh, being arrogant and just not ma- refusing to work with people, thinking that my shit was better than other people's yeah. shit. And well, some it's not a bad it, attitude to have. It can be. It, I mean, it, it can. It can. It can be. It's confidence. Just maybe a little a bit fine too much. Line. There's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. It's a good line. It's a good line. Toe the line. <laughs> so when did you play your first shows? Uh, How long afterwards? I have two shows that I refer to as my first shows. All right. The first show 
the very first show that I ever played in front of people, I was living, I was drinking a lot, and I was living in a house up on the north side, and there was a place called the Chase Cafe. Do you remember it? it sounds it really familiar. Big hotel uh, off of Chase and Sheridan. Maybe. Uh, this 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 guy who had like he was born into oil money or something. He he had this huge like hotel that yeah he, yeah, and he, the whole lobby was the cafe. It was really weird. Wait, you could wait, go there wait. and drink is wine. By, is this by Loyola? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I had been by there. Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I. Is that place closed? What? Is that place closed? It's been closed for a while now. Yeah. It went out of business. It looked, it looked like uh, Gatsby rich. Yeah, it was weird, man. Yeah. It was really weird. Sorry about that. Anyway, okay. uh, well, you know, I used to go there and just bring a bottle of wine and just, just drink it until the late, you know. I mean, they were only they closed when you left. That's really? when they closed. Wait, why did they just let you drink wine if they're trying to sell stuff? Did you buy it from them? Because they didn't give a shit. The guy had the that's guy. Wonderful. The guy employed his friends, and just like that's why they went out of business, man. They, they, he, <laughs> well, they went out of business because people in the neighborhood complained. Is what he, really? He, he never would have run out of money. He employed his friends and he gave them all apartments in the building. It was ridiculous. Man, this sounds like heaven. It, no, it was re, it was like a hippie thing. Kind oh, of. Never but mind. I, I went there. And uh, you know, I got to know these people, and I, I they let me drink and sit in the corner and do what I wanted, and and they had a piano, and every once in a while I'd play it, and then finally, you know, someone was like, "Oh, you should do a show here," and I was like, "Really? You know, like I've never even considered doing that. Like, sure." So I like nervously went home and practiced for this thing, and I knew this other guy that I can't get into. He's that's a fine. That's son fine. of a bitch. I don't want to have a record of. That's it. That's cool. Don't anyway, worry about it. I knew this real son of a bitch, and I did it. The show was a two-person show with him. Okay. <laughs> and so we, you know, I went there to, I practiced a lot for it, but at the, but I didn't know how you put a show together. Okay. And I didn't know how you get people to come. So, I, I mean, I told my friends, but I only had a few friends. Yeah, totally. And I put up these these posters that I made that I worked really hard on, and I put them all over like the neighborhood but the same the neighborhood that the show was in and I just thought like I really thought like people were gonna see this thing and go hey there's a show going on like let's all get together and go see it this guy's you know yeah like I've never heard of him like but it does not work that way no it doesn't <laughs> not in Chicago <laughs> and, the, at least. and the thing was sparsely attended by people that I knew only yeah and that's uncomfortable like yes it is it's uncomfortable, especially if you've never played in front of people. And so, I, you know, I did this thing, and I, my song, I, at the time, I sang very loud, and I sang with a lot of vibrato, and uh, I was, you know, I had to get good. And had drunk. you ever sung before? When you were playing at the Hilton, were you ever singing, or were you just playing? Oh piano? well, I mean, I, I, uh, it had taken a while. I think that when around the time that the, that the four track was stolen from me. I and I got to learn the thing. I think I had started to write songs, but it was almost like I mean I could play really complicated stuff after a while, but then yeah. I had to, had to learning how to sing was like having you know having to play with a third hand. Got it. So it slowed things down a bit, but but I yeah I, I slowly picked that up around that time. And uh, see so the first show. So my first show at the Chase Cafe was uh was miserable and I was sweating and I was nervous and I think I tried to make jokes and the jokes were bad yeah and the bad jokes were like you know met with like weak 
chuckles of you know people who know me yeah. who I was going to have to confront later you know yes. like or work with or something <laughs> and and so it was really miserable and then the worst part was I had this song at the time that I don't sing anymore called Fuck Me No Fuck You I like that song that's a great song uh, it's okay but but it became like the funny song that everybody wants to hear you know but that was later anyway at this time at this point in time it, I was singing this in a coffee shop you know that was kind of quiet and there was like a mixture of like old hippies and <laughs> old hippies and, and yeah. my friends and and then the girl like I'm singing the song and I'm writing the the heart of the song singing just singing my heart out and I look up and the girl is you know closing the door to the little confined area because she doesn't want other people to hear it because <laughs> it was too loud and I was too um, yeah so like after that I was pretty like kind of devastated and embarrassed and I went home and I kind of just I didn't play for a few days and then I kind of just decided like if I'm going to take this seriously yeah I need to investigate you know how to do this right and um you know I thought about it for a while and I my friend Nick Jones is a playwright and uh, had a theater company at the time called Blackjack Productions which I think is now disbanded but um he was doing a benefit show at The Note, and it was like... The Note has just closed down about six months ago. It was a bar. No, maybe, was, maybe even longer it closed than Closed down? Yeah, now it's a bar. Now it's, it's just a bar? Now it's the Flatiron. They ripped down the wall. Do you remember between the stage and the pool tables? Okay. So that's gone, and now there's like four pool tables instead of like one pool table. and it's just a bar now. It's on the corner of uh, North Milwaukee, and uh, for those of you that don't know, that's like, that's Wicker Park. That when people talk about Booker Park, that's in the middle of it. Right. So, C- continue. Uh, well, I I uh, I played there, and um, it was like me and then some other people. But I was, you know, Nick was really insistent that I do this, and he yeah. was just like, "You need to be doing shows, like do this." And not many people came to that, but I felt a little more. I worked a little harder on it, and I I felt a little more like even though, like I didn't, you know strangers didn't come and it wasn't like this big you know I wasn't written up in the newspaper yeah. like like it did say my name in the newspaper and that that's was cool the first time that happened that was something great. to me at the time yeah. that felt cool and it felt cool that like there was somebody who was putting the show on and then I was a part of it it felt like you know sometimes it's just just to have to know that there's like a, another hand in it that's just like we want you to be doing this you know that makes it good um, better yeah and uh and so I played that show, and I think after that, I didn't really look for shows very much. Like, I haven't looked for shows too much. In no, my you life. haven't. You haven't played often. Well, I've played. I played fairly often. I played maybe like every two months. But that's to to most people starting in bands. It's not often. But 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 the fact that like I don't ask for shows and that people yeah have you play just, quality shows no not all the time sometimes I play just Coming like up. little benefits and stuff but You're like I mean, mine shut up uh. I'll play any I'll play any of your benefits though uh, no the, the, like the next show coming up that's a it's, it's a pretty high profile show it's a pretty big deal yeah and then the ones in London are pretty big deals yeah like you don't just play anything anybody asks anymore which is good. You pick and choose. Yeah, and but I mean, I don't get, like, like I know, like you won't play certain places that you've had bad experiences at for obvious reasons. Yeah. Regardless of who's playing there, you've learned your lesson. Where I think a lot of people could definitely learn from you, and learn their lesson and stay away from certain people. Yeah. And, and I know this sounds very vague because I'm not trying to like call anybody out. So 
I apologize because it just <laughs> I won't. Yeah, I, I just won't sound like names. I'm. I sound crazy right now, and I apologize to those listening. Um, okay, so you came here essentially to make films, but within a year, that wasn't. That's no longer the goal. Right. So why did you stay here? Why didn't you go back to Springfield? Uh, because Springfield is a cultural wasteland. How so? Uh, well, Springfield is the land of Lincoln. That's where Lincoln is whatever. It's a yeah, state I mean, capital it's got of Illinois. That. It's got that. It's got its yeah. history. It's got history, but... If you're interested in Lincoln history... No culture? Or you're interested in... It's not It's not vacant of culture. I mean, there's You just said it's a there. wasteland. It's... it's it, I'll put it this way. This is this is the best way to put it. If uh, if you are someone who wants to do creative things, and you don't want to be a part of the Bank One Art Awards, uh, Chase Bank. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the, the, they had like an art awards thing in Springfield. Like really? that was pretty much that, or the Poets and Writers Literary Forum, which I had some bad experiences with. Uh, if you don't want to be a part of that. Then, you know, you're not going to get any kind of reward for anything that you do. You're not going to get any kind of like outlet or recognition. And in fact, you're going to be derided and given shit and kind of like you know ostracized. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I, I truly did. You feel that way in high school? Well, everybody feels that way in high (laughs) school. Okay, did you think it was any different because you were in Springfield than here? Because, like you said, high school is high school. And you, once you got out of high school, you were no longer there. Right. It's hard to. I mean, it's hard to like. It's hard to say that without sounding like you know the usual. Oh, high school. I had a bad time yeah. in high school. Like everybody hated me. You know. Well, yeah. Everybody everybody hates, hates everybody. everybody. Yeah, there, totally. Right? But, but uh, basically, in Springfield, you know, if I remember, in, in a way, it's a good. It's it's a good place if you want to be creative because because there's no reward. So you're doing it because you want to be doing it, and you'll be doing it, you know, um, even when people are kind of like. Not, not interested. I remember it was a big deal when you went down there and played uh, over like Thanksgiving or Christmas break, you know, ish at work, and like you were like, "This is going to be great," and you had a great time. I did. Yeah. But the reason I had a great time was because my friend John Atwood was. John Atwood is a great photographer. He does a lot of your photos. Right. He went on your London trip. He did you. the cover of photo of disaster, and he's doing pretty much everything else. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, he lived down there then. Uh, he lives here now, but he lived down there then, and he set the show up for me. And to him, it was kind of, I mean, it was almost like a big joke because it was like he knew that a lot of people weren't going to like it, but it was kind of like he thought it was funny. Like he thought it was funny to, for him to be, like for him to be bringing something that was from there yeah. back to there, you know, and, sing, and the singing about, about it to them. He got a kick out of it, but see, we'd done shows down there before. But his way of doing these shows was, and he's kind of the reason—he's part of the reason that I got into writing songs in the first place—was because he used to come over and kind of, uh, you know, just listen to what I would play and mm-hmm. be encouraging and everything. But uh, he, you know, he used to—we used to do these shows by. Uh, there's a bar in downtown Springfield at the Hilton, actually. In Springfield's, and and uh, he would uh, tell everybody that across the street at the Ramada, there was going to be a, a concert, uh, but it was just me in the you know having gone through the back kitchen door into the ballroom at the Ramada and unlocking it, turning the lights on, and he would empty the bar from one side of the street, 
parade everybody to the other side, and then we would, you know, I would play, and people would bring their drinks across the street and everything. And these were the shows that we were putting on. They were just sort of like. Did you ever get caught? I mean, you know, they asked us to leave once or twice, but they asked me to leave the Hilton when I would play there, a few, you know, several times. But yeah. the thing about the thing about doing that in hotels is that there's such a high turnover rate. There's so many people working in a hotel. There's never the same person asking you to leave. Really? Yeah, never. So that's good advice for those youngsters out there. That yeah, I don't want to be tipping people off to do that though, because it's kind of my thing. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to the Hilton. Uh, I still I do. You still go occasionally? Occasionally. Well, I know plenty of baby I, grand. I, since is... I grew the beard, I think people kind of. Before you were clean shaven and had yeah, a young look on your face, I was more handsome when I was like nineteen. Now you got a. Uh, when was the last time you shaved? Shaved my beard? Yeah, your beard. I've had a beard for maybe four or five years. I can't now. even remember you without a beard at this point. It's really odd. I can remember it. Well, you lived it. It's a little different. Uh, coming up this Sunday, you're playing with Kristen Hirsch of uh, Thrin Muses, and then on uh, Sunday, you're playing with uh, Jarvis Cocker and Patrick Wolf and. All these Sandy Dillon and uh, there's like ten Bonfire Madigan big names acts on this bill. Smoke fairies, bunch of people. What's the difference between playing in Chicago and playing in London? Is there a difference? <laughs> I mean, you're play, when you're playing here, you're usually on a good night on the good shows. You're opening for people like you are on Sunday or mid level acts, right? Where in London, you've played with like really big name acts, like like Rufus Rainwright, <laughs> and you tour with the Hanson family and stuff like that. Yeah. How is it different? Like, how is it coming back home from that? Uh, the first time, I mean, when I did the show at the Barbican for the Plague Songs uh-huh. event, uh, and then I toured for f- five, played with f- the Hanson family for five shows mm-hmm. in England, and uh, that was. That that was interesting because I I came back and I played at Ronnie's, and I love yeah. Ronnie's. I I that fucking that on the NPR thing they yeah it made it sound like I was shitting on Ronnie's. No no no. I love that. For place. those of that don't know, Ronnie's is uh, is in Logan Square. It's a bar, and uh, it used to be a restaurant. And uh, part of the restaurant was outdoor, and before it was a restaurant. Uh, this is very important to the story actually. It used to be a garage where cars would get repaired, right? So they have um, it won't pick it up. Sorry. Uh, we're there's an ambulance outside, hence they won't pick it up. Um, they used to have cars parked in the garage, but instead of like renovating it with the restaurant, all they did was add a hot tin roof, and they would add aluminum siding to everything. So it's just this like really small triangular shaped echo chamber that smells like piss. Um, and there's a tiki bar that serves as the sound booth. You're making it sound bad, though. It's no, great. No, no, I love it, obviously. I had I, We've recorded a I've record there. i played, like, there. three shows there. Yeah, it's great. you played a show for me there. You played a show for Thax there. But but I played I played Ronnie's when I came back from, from the yeah. Barbican, and it wasn't bad at all. It was actually a very good show that like, I remember. people came to. Yeah, I was at the show. It was packed. But, uh, but it was kind of like... You know, it was it was weird, like putting my feet on the ground and being like, okay, like, I'm not famous. Like, I just no. played with some, some cool people, yeah. you know, but, like... <laughs> it doesn't make me cool like I just did something cool um, but I mean like what are you asking like what's the difference between playing in Chicago I mean, yeah, versus like, London when you go from something like that do you no longer want to play places like Ronnie's or do you say fuck it I should only play places like Ronnie's do you want to play more do you want to play less do you want no, to focus more just, on songwriting do you expect bigger things to happen because that happened I, I'm hope, really getting down I, I hope bigger things will happen, How? but I don't expect it. I think that I think that like you need to still play places like Ronnie's. Mm-hmm. I think it's. I think what I'd like for my career is to pl- 
play a bunch of different kinds of places. I'd like to play so little places. So you want to play live places. though, then? Because before you used to not want to play live. I, it, it's not my it's not my biggest priority. It's something that I plan to do a lot. I, like I, I I do enjoy it. Does it help you write songs? Does it help me write songs? Yeah. Like, does it help you finish songs? Uh, I mean, I've certainly through playing shows like refined songs that I have already written. It doesn't help me write songs. Okay. But but then again, I mean, when you play songs to people and you get a reaction from them that you were or weren't expecting, it can make you think like, oh, okay, this works. Like, maybe, you know, I can put this song next to something that has the opposite thing or does something similar. So does it maybe help sequence an album or something? In a, you know... No? Possibly. What do you get out of it? Out of playing shows? Yeah. Uh... Well, hopefully, money. <laughs> but you're but not. You're obviously not. not often. Ma- yeah, you're not. When you're playing to places like Ronnie's, when it's like no. a five buck cover, there's four other bands. And no, I. You, I mean, what I, I get like. You don't even drink, so like, that's <laughs> that's one of the. There's three reasons to play shows. The same reason three reasons to be a bartender. Well, that's one reason for uh, Paul and, and Jason to play with me is that they get my drink that's, tickets. That's good. That's good. That's uh, <laughs> that's one of the perks. Uh, I get. You know, it's it's it's. It's nice to it's nice to see people's reaction to, to stuff that you've been kind of just simmering with in your room and kind yeah. of it's it's nice to bring that out and have people respond to it. It's uh, and I wasn't I didn't expect that that would would be as as important as it's become, but yeah. it, it has become important. And it's you know um, you, you you get a lot out of it, but it's hard to put your finger on. What do you get out of recording? What do you get out of writing a song? Uh, writing a song is uh, it's different every time but but I mean recording a song and I'm not talking about the process I'm talking about the fulfillment kind of is there I mean the creative process I mean what would you what would you be doing if you didn't do this making movies <laughs> but why uh, yeah Why, why aren't you a businessman? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I'm just... I found something that I'm good at, and I thought it was making films when I was younger, and mm-hmm. I very well someday might be good at that. I'd like to be. But I think, you know, as long as I've been alive, like, making stuff up has been the thing that I'm good at. And, you know, making stuff up and presenting it to people has only been like in the last several years yeah. like what I've become good at but that's the only thing and I don't even say that like in a way that I'm great at it no, but no. I'm good at it uh, it's the only thing in my life that I feel like I'm I really excel at so uh, for me to become a businessman would be a, a pretty poor choice I think it'd be bad for everyone <laughs> alright I'm going to end this with a question out of the kids book of question by Gregory Stock PhD Pick a number, 1 to 260. It has to be one number? No. You want to do two? No, no. Uh, well, maybe. Let's try uh, Let's try 111. There you go. Question 111. If your parents lost their jobs and you had to try to help support your family, what sort of things would you do to earn money? <laughs> you just asked me that question. I know. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Say that again. If your parents lost their jobs and you had to try to help support your family, what sort of things would you do to earn money? Well, my parents are divorced, so 
Well, now you they both, both lost their job. They both lost them. Thanks, Gregory. Okay, Stark. but don't they have my parents? If my dad lost his job, yeah. you know, he's it would probably be because he's retiring. Okay, and so he's got and he's got a wife that works. So he's fine. He's fine. What about your mom? If my mom lost her job, she's got my stepdad, and he works. <laughs> so you would do nothing different. So I would probably just well, I mean, I so you'd write songs and work, and I'd probably just yeah, I mean, I that's what I'm trying, you know. <laughs> Let's do okay. Got another I, my, one. My, well, look, my lucky numbers when I was younger, I used to have three of them. I was fourteen, fifteen, one hundred, eleven. Okay, so you want to do fourteen or fifteen? Uh, well, God, we should go in sequence, shouldn't we? So, so let's backwards. Do, let's do fifteen. All right. But then ask me fourteen too. All right, we'll do three. I don't necessarily answer it, but <laughs> you just want another. I just question. want to know. I just want you to say fourteen so that you've said them all. All right, in right, right, right. Question fifteen first. Okay. Some adults have a lot of trouble enjoying themselves. This is good for you. If you were asked to give them some advice about how to play and have more fun, what would you say? This is really good for you. If some adults say it again. Some adults have a lot of trouble. I like how you are thinking about these questions more than the questions I ask you. <laughs> some adults have a lot of trouble enjoying themselves. Uh-huh. If you were asked to give them some advice about how to play and have more fun, what would you say? I would say this is a thinking you're thinking this is, yeah no I am it's a I'm thinking really hard I would say uh, I would say let yourself get mad so it's okay to be angry it's perfectly fine to be angry. Isn't that a Mr. Rogers song? No. The Mr. Rogers song is I'm angry, I'm angry, and I can tell you why. No, the, no, no, no. I burned down Daddy's store, that one. That's a different song. Yeah. Uh, That's a Mr. Rogers song, though. He's got several about yeah. being angry. So it's okay. You want to do 14? Yeah. All right. I think we need to. What? You just want me to read it? Well, when I was when I was younger, I used to do, I used to, I had, my numbers were 14, 15, 111. So I would say, I would chant. 14, 15, 111, 14, 15, 111. I would chant it over and over, but I would chant it one time, four times, one time, five times, once, 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 14 times, 15 times, 111 times. And wow. Then, and then I would try to do it, whatever that number altogether is. That's cool. Yeah. That's awful behavior, though. It, it was, yeah. That could be debilitating. Well, it, it, I never, I don't think I ever really finished the job, so. <laughs> you want me to read the question or yeah, not? Yeah, read it. You don't get to answer it. No, we'll just read it. Okay, so we're not answering this one. Question 14. Do you think you could have too many chores? If you could assign the chores in your house, which ones would you take for yourself? All right. Do you want to plug the show? Plug it? Yeah, you got to plug oh, the right. show. Oh, uh, right. You're playing I'm, two. I'm playing You're playing three, actually. Yes. Uh, three in the next uh, ten days. Four, I think. You're playing four? You got another one? I'm playing... I'm playing... Let's see. I'm playing... Uh, s- Sunday, the... Seventh, seventh, yeah, Sunday the seventh at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Lincoln Square. Uh, the show is at seven p.m. You open for Kristen Hirsch of Throwing Muses. Yes, that's that one. Throwing Muses, yeah. Did you say burning? No, throwing. Oh, throwing. She's also in Fifty Foot Wave and uh, has solo material. And uh, I'm also playing the Barbican for the Twisted Christmas. And the Barbican is in London. Is in London. Yes. And then I'm playing, and that's on the eleventh. That's the eleventh. Then I'm playing uh, in Brighton on. 
the 14th with Bonfire Madigan. She's a cellist. She's okay. really great. And then uh, I'm playing on the 16th at a place called the 12 Bar in London uh, with Lisbon. And how long are you going to be in London? Uh, a week? About a week, yeah. Is there any chance that you might have another show? It's a, it's possible. So people should check out your... People check the MySpace. What, MySpace? And the, okay. The and the MySpace is Daniel... MySpace, blah, 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 slash Daniel Knox. Everything's spelled correctly. Yes. And then one day, uh, if God God is willing, he will let you play with Margarita, and we'll have a better world. <laughs> Don't say her name. <laughs> I love her. She's great. <laughs> thank you, Daniel. I'm going to, since it's Christmassy, I'm going to end with one of your Christmas songs. Is that okay? That's fine. All right. Thank you. Uh, You've been listening to you, me, them, everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Uh, go see Daniel. Thanks. Thanks.